0: welcome back to moving forward with young voices here on the fed by ravens media network we are pleased to welcome dan king he is a senior contributor at young voices dan good to have you on the program
1: thanks for having me brian
0: we're going to talk about something that I think may not have been on a lot of people's radar screens. But I have to admit, this is a topic I find extremely intriguing. Uh, I'm looking at your article in the com. Congress might finally fix the disparity in crack versus powder cocaine sentencing. I mean, the war on drugs is 50 years old now. And I remember hearing once upon a time, yeah, there are enhanced uh, penalties for those who are caught with crack cocaine versus powder cocaine. What was the reasoning behind uh, enhanced penalties for one form of the drug versus another?
1: Yeah. In 1986, Congress passed what was called the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986. And the goal of that was basically to crack down hard on crack because there were sort of these misconceptions that because there was a lot of crime in communities that were heavily involved in crack that crack was somehow different as a drug than powder cocaine and you would see these sort of hysterical headlines about you know people getting superhuman strength from crack cocaine and as time went on and we were able to research this more there's essentially no difference between Crack cocaine and powder cocaine as substances, with the exception of the fact that crack cocaine gets folks higher, faster because it's smoked instead of snorted or injected. So in order to you know, go after these, these quote, crack fiends, Congress imposed a 100 to 1 sentencing disparity between crack cocaine and powder cocaine. So if you sold five grams of crack cocaine, that would trigger a five-year minimum mandatory minimum sentence. You would have to sell 500 grams of powder cocaine to get that same uh, mandatory minimum. So this led to a lot of disparities because communities that were using crack cocaine were predominantly poor and in urban and black communities because it's so much cheaper than powder cocaine.
0: Yeah, that does seem like an interesting double standard in terms of Uh, You know, both I would say that both are are not necessarily good. I I'm not a supporter of the war on drugs in the sense that I I think people should be able to peacefully make whatever choices they want, even if those choices are vices or mistakes, but they primarily are just harming themselves. But it sounds like Congress took this very seriously. How many people uh, is, is there an estimate of how many people? found themselves essentially living out a life sentence in prison because they were caught with crack versus powder cocaine?
1: So there's definitely been thousands who have been impacted by this disparity. Um, 2010 Congress actually ratcheted down the sentencing disparity from 100 to one to 18 to one when they passed the fair sentencing act. And then, uh, a few years later, the First Step Act was passed and signed into law. And that basically applied the Fair Sentencing Act retroactively to people who were sentenced for, for the crack disparity before the Fair Sentencing Act passed. And that freed or at least shortened the sentences of some 2,700 people. So it, we're not talking about an in, insubstantial amount of people. There's There's thousands of people who are being sentenced to longer mandatory minimums because they sold a crack rock instead of powdered cocaine.
0: And I understand that now there is a bill that is coming before Congress that uh, that would look to to further clarify this and perhaps fix the problem. Tell us about the Equal Act.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, it's actually bipartisan which is a wild thing to say uh these days especially on criminal justice issues but it has 32 sponsors in the house, even divided uh 16 republicans and 16 democrats um and then it has currently just three sponsors in the senate but those are bipartisan as well um dick durbin and cory booker are the democrats on that and rob portman is the republican on the bill and basically all this bill would do is strike any mention of "quote unquote" base cocaine, which is the way crack cocaine is referred to in in the U.S. code. It would strike any mention of uh, base cocaine in sentencing. So basically, it would get rid of any disparity between crack cocaine and powdered cocaine. Now, personally, I would like to see the war ended altogether, and I would like to get rid of mandatory minimum sentences. But at the very least, we should not be giving different mandatory minimum sentences based on the type of cocaine someone is charged with selling.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there were good intentions behind the war on drugs, just like there were good intentions behind prohibition. But there have been some very unfortunate side effects that have come along with that. And and like you, I would rather see that war end. And, and maybe uh, th- that's not, you know, acquiescing and saying, yeah, drugs are good. OK, it's it's acknowledging that it can be fought with things other than the criminal justice system. There there are other institutions that, that can address those problems and help people get the help they need. Talk to me about how um, the the legalization of either medical or even recreational marijuana may be influencing efforts to, to further scale back the, the overall war on drugs.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because marijuana ref- has become so overwhelmingly popular that we're at the point politicians don't even feel comfortable ignoring the issue anymore because it's upward of two-thirds of Americans support full legalization of marijuana. We're seeing states red and blue it recreationally and uh, medicinally. And I think that really has been, uh, I I don't want to use the term a gateway in like the inverse way, but it has been a gateway to (laughs) other drugs. Um, We've seen states at at least decriminalize um, psychedelics, including Oregon, Washington, D.C. effectively decriminalized it this year. Um, And I I think also just kind of the, the momentum around the George Floyd protests has resonated on this particular crack versus powder cocaine thing because the the statistics about the racial disparities are so glaring. It's it's about eighty percent of the crack cocaine arrests in two thousand nine were black folks, while they only made up twenty eight percent of the powder cocaine arrests. So that's just like a massive disparity. That's really in a time where a lot of people are concerned about you know racial justice and that kind of thing as well.
0: Well, I'm happy to see that there is some movement taking place because, uh, this is just my opinion, but, um, I think it's hard for, for politicians and others, uh, in, in the employ of the state to turn loose of power once it's been in their hands. I, I think they have a really hard time letting go of that control, even if it's not having the desired effect that, uh, you know, was intended when Nixon set out with the war on drugs 50 years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, exciting about the EQUAL Act was seeing a Republican governor from a very deep red state, the the governor of Arkansas, came and testified in support of the EQUAL Act. So that was really uh, something that was exciting to see because even, you know, two, three, four years ago, you would never envision a, a Republican governor from a deep red state coming in front of Congress and testifying in support of Really, any type of reforms to drug laws. So I think we're seeing really the last bastion of the war on drugs in in the next few uh, decades and at least hopefully. and it seems like the momentum is all going in that direction. Is this
0: likely to help people who are currently in prison because of prior convictions under you know the the um, the earlier act that that held crack cocaine to be so much worse than powder cocaine?
1: Yeah, this would help uh, big time. And the First Step Act helped a little bit because it applied the Fair Sentencing Act retroactively. So folks who were sentenced before 2010 were sentenced under the 100 to 1 rule. The First Step Act made it so they were now sentenced under the 18 to 1 rule. But if the Equal Act passes, that would apply retroactively and basically fully get rid of that disparity. So anyone who has a crack charge would have it basically knocked down to the level of a powder cocaine charge. And that could really shorten uh, prison sentences pretty substantially.
0: Okay. Where do people need to be keeping their attention? If they're following this issue, uh, what are some of the resources you might point them toward where they can stay abreast of, of further developments with the Equal Act or other acts that may follow?
1: Yeah. So the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, just had the most recent hearing on that. Um, I would expect that to get passed and and sent on to the the full Senate. So it'll be uh, interesting to keep an eye. I think the House... is a very safe bet that it will pass. It's gonna be a little tougher in the Senate. So that would probably be if I was someone who was really interested in this issue or if I wanted to pressure my lawmakers to support this bill, I would put my focus on the Senate side of things because it's gonna be a little trickier there.
0: Okay, we've been talking with Dan King. He's a senior contributor at Young Voices. Dan, I understand your work can be found in a number of different publications. Where might people access your writing?
1: Yeah, they can find a lot of it on thebulwark.com. As you mentioned, that's where a lot of my recent op-eds have been. And then they can find me on Twitter at Kinger, K-I-N-G-E-R, underscore DC.
0: Fantastic talking with you. Let's talk again
1: soon. Thanks for having me, Brian.